Good morning. This year on September 28th, the Tom York Lecture Series will welcome Mark Godsey, who's the director of the Ohio Innocence Project. The Innocence Project works to secure exonerations of innocent people in jail all around Ohio. The weekend following the lecture, several Knox members will participate in a walk and run to support the Ohio Innocence Project, including those like Ricky Jackson, who joins me this morning. Before being exonerated with the help of the Ohio Innocence Project, Ricky served 39 years in jail for a crime that he did not commit. Please see your bulletin this morning for information on how to support the effort, and I'll now turn it over to Ricky to share just a bit of his story. Good morning, Knox Presbyterian Church. Um, I'd like to thank you all for inviting us into this beautiful church and to witness this beautiful ceremony this morning. Me and my wife, we thank you very much. Uh, my name is Ricky Jackson, and in 1975, along with two of my childhood friends, we were accused of a horrendous crime of murder and severely injuring another person in a robbery. At this time, um, a 13-year-old boy said that he had witnessed this crime and eventually pointed myself and my two friends as having been the perpetrators. A few days later, we were subsequently arrested, um, booked, taken downtown in a lineup. And um, at that time, the young man was hesitant about really going through with this because he knew it was a lie. and. Um, before that night, we understand that he had had a conversation with his mother. And he told his mother then that, Mom, I did something bad. I told the police that I saw who committed this crime, but actually I didn't. So his mother says, son, when you go downtown in the morning to view the lineup, don't pick anyone out, and they'll let those young men go. This was the plan going forward. Um, that following morning after our arrest, we were in the lineup. Um, the young man came in. I couldn't actually see him. Uh, this is according to uh, court transcripts. Um, and he didn't pick anybody because it, there was actually no one to pick. Um, but he was taken back into a room. He was threatened. Uh, he was coerced. Um, he was pretty much bullied into sticking with his story. Um, Moving forward, um, we were all subsequently tried and convicted of capital murder, and we were sent to death row. Um, I was 18, just starting out in my life. Um, I had my whole future ahead of me. My plans was to join the Marine Corps and travel the world. Um, I never got to do any of that. Um, as it was stated, I spent 39 years of my life incarcerated for this crime. Um, and uh, upon my release, well, I, I'm moving that a little fast. Um, the young man who's now a middle-aged man, the young boy who is now a middle-aged man, um, he got sick. And uh, he had had bad health his whole life. And um, he thought that he might be dying. He's in the hospital, he calls his pastor, and um, he tells his pastor that he has a confession to make. And he goes, to, he goes on to explain that back in 1975, he told the police 
that he had witnessed a crime, which he actually didn't. And um, the pastor had the wherewithal to write this statement down. He made him sign it, and um, he got in touch with my lawyers, namely Mark Godsey at the Ohio Innocence Project and um, a lot of other uh, great people there. Um, it subsequently took another additional five years before we were able to use this statement to get me and my colleagues back in court and uh, eventually win our freedom. Um, but that's exactly what happened. Uh, one of my first acts upon being released is that um, I wanted to meet my accuser. I wanted to meet him and I wanted to let him know that I have forgiven him for what he had did and uh, until this day, a lot of people don't understand how or why I could do something like that. Um, and my explanation was really simple. Um, I had lived with this torment for 39 years in prison, a lot of years of my life, uh, being bitter, angry, resentful, uh, mistrustworthy, uh, mistrustful of people. And um, God gave me a miracle. God really gave me a miracle because according to statistics, there was no way I should be here today with the evidence that we had going back into court. I mean, recantations testimony is some of the hardest evidence for any of us that know anything a little, a little about law. It's some of the hardest evidence to get back into a court of law. But everything just went my way that day, everything. Um, if I may share with you a little bit about my hearing upon my release, um, we had a judge, this was his last day on the bench, his very last day, he was about to retire, and he made it clear to both sides that he wanted this done today. He wanted this case over and done with today. And, um, and so we had to plead our case and hope for the best. During the proceedings, they had a recess I was taken in back into the holding cell and I was sitting there in there by myself and um, my lawyers come back and they say, Ricky, um, we know this isn't fair, but they're offering you a deal. If you plead guilty and say that you committed this crime, uh, you can be free within two hours. And I swear, folks, that offer was so, so very tempting after having spent nearly my entire life in prison. But God wouldn't let me do it. My faith in God would not let me do it. And I know that I could never, ever be the kind of person, the kind of human being I wanted to be if I committed, if I confessed to these crimes. And so um, it seemed like it took a long time to make that decision. Because again, the offer of freedom was so tempting, was so very tempting, but it was, to me, it was like tantamount to selling my soul almost. And um, I just put whatever faith I had left in God, and um, after I gave him my decision, I just said a small prayer, and I said, God, um, I'm tired. I can't do this anymore. Take this. And I just... I felt a great relief because I was prepared for whatever they had to tell me in there. I was prepared for it. And um, 
God answered my prayers. Um, we went back into the courtroom, and um, in the middle of the proceedings, the, the prosecutor's side said, asked the judge if they could approach the bench. And um, of course, my team, my team went up there, and um, I couldn't hear a lot, but I heard the judge say, it's about damn time. Um, because I think at that point, um, after all the testimony had been heard, that um, there wasn't a doubt about my innocence. I mean, it was the whole day was just that overwhelming and so compelling. Um, and um, they told me to stand up, and um, the judge told me that um, the prosecutor um, believed that a great wrong had been committed, and uh, they firmly believed that we were innocent. And um, I just looked up and said, thank you, because I know where it came from. The whole day was so magical, um, it's just hard to describe. But um, getting back to me and my accuser, um, I got out in 2014, and um, I think it was about, um, I'm not going to reveal my age, but anyway. <laughs> um, we met at his church, and um, we sat and talked for a while, and I asked him how he had been done, and um, he was very nervous. He didn't know what to expect. Um, but I told him, I said, man, I'm here because I need to forgive you, you know, um, and I need you to move on with your life because that's what I intend to do. I mean, we've been living together for the best years of my life, and I can't carry you anymore. You know, and in order for me to do that, I know I, the only way I could get released from him was to forgive him. And um, honestly and truly, I am released. You know, that past is in the past. I have no resentfulness about what happened to me. Um, I never asked him why he did it. It didn't matter. You know, I just wanted him to know that he was free and whatever happened to him as far as his life moving forward was on him, you know, not because of me, you know, because I honestly, I forgave him. And um, we hugged and um, we kind of became friends. We talked some time. We did uh, speaking engagements together. And um, but my life since my release has really been a blessing. Uh, I've been married to that beautiful lady back there. Um, I have three crazy stepkids, two dogs, <laughs> and <laughs> normal stuff like you guys got. You know, um, please don't feel sorry for what happened to me because I don't. Um, every day I get up and look at my situation, I feel grateful and I feel blessed for what I have. Um, yeah, I get ticked off sometimes. I mean, we all do. I go through what I go through, but truly every day is a blessing. I tell my wife all the time, if, if I didn't have to sleep, I never would. You know, I mean, I just want to absorb as much as I can and be a part of as much as I can. And um, my life as it is now affords me the opportunity to do this kind of stuff and to be, meet people, great people like yourselves. Um, 
I have friends all over the country, and um, it's very therapeutic for me to be out among you folks and to be welcomed and be greeted like you guys have. You know, um, people ask me, well, how, how are you coping? I'm coping great because I have so many friends and so many people who care. And um, you guys have really restored my faith in a lot of things that I had lost faith in. You know, because there are good people out here. There are great people out here. And we outnumber the other people, you know. And um, so thank you guys again for having us so much. I appreciate it. God bless. Thank you.